Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Okay, we're live now. Hey, welcome to uh, Must Read Alaska show, everybody, from somewhere in Alaska Monday morning. And what a weekend it was. Um, we just uh, had a great weekend on the Kenai Peninsula with a lot of really fine people. Um, John Quick is uh, my co-host today. He is broadcasting from Hope, Alaska, and it, it appears that you are in your car, John. <laughs> I am. Thanks so much, Suzanne. I'm coming to you from Hope, Alaska. I am in front of the uh, Hope Library, which used to be the one-room schoolhouse from, I think, 1936 to 1986, and uh, Hope is such a really, such a cool town. It's an, if For folks who've never been, it's an old gold mining town. And they have awesome campsites at the very end of the road, literally at the end of the road at Hope. And they have a really cool lodge called Bear Creek Lodge that has probably one of the best restaurants on the whole Kenai Peninsula, Dirty Skillet. If you've never yeah. been there, you have to go there. It is epic. They kind of do farm to table. I'm not exactly sure where the farm is, but <laughs> it's it's like a, at least homemade. That's at least that. And. I mean, they make their own ice creams. They make their own pretty much everything. And uh, it's it's pretty awesome. Well, that sounds like a, sort of one of those destination restaurants I'm going to have to head over to. You know, when I'm always going to the Kenai, I'm always so tempted to take that road to Hope because, like, who wouldn't want to go to Hope? And um, I've, I've been there a few times. I really like the town. But uh, at the times that I've been there, unfortunately, sort of in the wintertime when things get pretty shut down over there. But I was in uh, Kenai over the weekend. I had a great trip. I saw you on Friday in uh, Kenai at the Paradisos restaurant there where I was speaking at the Kenai Peninsula Republican Women's Club. That was a really great event. It was good to see you and a whole bunch of people. And then um, then on Saturday, uh, fundraiser. Was it Saturday, a fundraiser at... at uh, Sunday, I think, or Saturday. Sun, yeah, Time, yeah. My days are getting all mixed up. Yeah, they're getting all mixed up for me too. So it, there was a, a a fundraiser for Charlie Pierce out in Nikiski, your neck of the woods. And I had hoped to see you there, but I guess you were off to Hope already. And it was a big event. They had a lot of classic cars, hot rods. They had an old like 1943 Willie. They had a bunch of really, really nice hot rods. Um, one was an old, I don't know, it's like an old Ford. And he had these hydraulics where he could just lower the entire thing down to the ground. It was hilarious. But they, they had a fundraiser for Charlie Pierce for governor, who is, um, as you know, running as a Republican in the open primary now. We've got an open primary in August, so in, anything could happen. And they auctioned off an AR-15. I love it. It's uh, and, only only in Alaska, right? <laughs> I, and so, guys, if you haven't seen it, I did take a short little video of Norm Blakely auctioning off this AR-15 to raise money for the Charlie Pierce for Governor campaign. And it's up on our Facebook page. And that's that's where you'll see it, because uh, it's about 20 seconds of just Alaskana. You just don't get this anywhere else. It's just must read Alaska gold, as far as I'm concerned. That's who we are. <laughs> we like our AR-15s. They, they shoot well. We, we get... 
caribou with them when we when they're you know the season is here only when the season's here but also uh we had some you know that that crazy twerking story sort of blew up and i see uh i see we got on libs of tiktok that video made it all the way to the libs of tiktok account and now a lot of people around the country are seeing it tell us about that yeah it's uh it's unfortunate i think you know if somebody wants to do those um drag queen shows or strip club shows essentially and have strippers at the uh, public park go do that stuff in an adult setting like i don't care if you go do it at your house or your business and it's just for adults go go for it be the best you know adult strippers you can be in your own house with other adults the second you take it into a setting where there's kids especially in a public place there's a park behind the setting it's just not appropriate. It's no nowhere in any sort of situation is it ever appropriate to have essentially a, a strip show, um, adults provocatively dancing in a sexual manner, <laughs> gay for children, for children. Yeah, and it doesn't really matter if it's if it's gay or straight. It is inappropriate either way, and it's not a it, any anything under the sun is is not okay it's you need to have things that are appropriate for adults happening to just adults and you need to have a little bit of innocence left for these kids because they are getting thrown everything under the sun on their phones already and a public park where it's a where it's a meeting that's been essentially approved by the city of soldatna uh, sure. the city of soldatna the city of soldatna needs to be held accountable for this and i'm pretty sure they will be at their next city council meeting they're going to pretend and hide behind their, oh, they filled out the paperwork correctly, and it's not going to fly. Uh, there's going to be people coming out in droves, and um, your misguided words of, oh, they filled out the paperwork correctly are going to fall on deaf ears. Yeah, so for those who are just kind of trying to pick up what we're talking about, there's a, a, a drag queen show that they put on for kids in the public park on their Pride uh, Festival Day that they had in Soldatna. They had a lot of pride events, they had a pride parade, and then they brought in a bunch of, uh, uh, well, essentially kind of, well, they, they're drag queens from Anchorage, and the one guy had flesh-colored tights on with a thong on it, so it made it look like he was sort of bare and naked underneath his little, there's a tiny little skirt that didn't really cover his bottom, but it was sort of a little Catholic girl look, very sexually um, provocative dancing in front of children, and with their parents there. And so the, you know, shame on these parents for bringing their kids to this thing. It's not okay. You know, you're exposing your kids to something that is intended to be uh, sexually exciting uh, material. It's not appropriate for children. And so uh, this has kind of hit the national scene. And I know there's some parents there in Soldatna who are not going to put up with this. This is not over yet, John. I, I heard from one of these parents who said he's not done. And this is a hill worth dying on for parents to protect their kids so that they can go to the park where there are swings and there are slides yeah. and there are apparently, you know, drag queens. You know, you just got to draw the line somewhere. And I think Soldatna is in for a rude awakening. Their city manager is pretty darn liberal. Well, before we get too much further, we want to introduce our special guest today because it's been a very big weekend in news. I mean, with our Supreme Court ruling on the abortion issue earlier, I called Jim Minnery and I said, Jim, I really need you on our show on Monday so we can talk about 
what happened with the Supreme Court, explain it to people if, if they're not quite up on what that means for Alaska. And welcome to our show, Jim Minery from Alaska Family Council. I am so glad to have you back. Thank you so much, guys. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, you know, I can say it's it's other than my kids being born and my wife saying yes to me when I got married, uh, Friday was one of the best days. You know, it still really hasn't hit me fully um, the extent to which um, the court brought constitutional law back to the forefront. And, um, you know, the it's a, it's a mixed bag because the, the reality is, as most people have heard, it doesn't change anything in the state of Alaska. Um, and it, in many states, I, I don't want to start off negative because there's so much positive because you, you go state by state by state, all of our uh, national leaders in this movement. Um, I've been on all sorts of teleconferences and Zooms with them all over the country. And it's, it's uh, pure um, joy. Um, it's really palpable to see how um, hard some of these people have worked. I've done this since 2006. I have people uh, in the movement that have done it, you know, since Roe v. Wade. I mean, literally been around that long. 1972, and, um, yeah. It's amazing. It's really, really truly right. stunning that this has transpired. And, um, you know, the the left, of course, is ap- 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 apoplectic, you know, <laughs> going apoplectic. But the um, the reality is um, we have a lot of work to do in Alaska to continue protecting unborn children. And uh, the court in Alaska has made it very clear that they're the final arbiters on this um, issue um, in the privacy clause. Um, it was the equal protection clause in the, um, the federal, uh, you know, Dobbs case that they said in no way, shape or form contains a right to abortion. And so what we need to be able to do, I, I just think Alaskans need to know in no uncertain terms, we need to make certain that the, our founding document, our U.S. or our state constitution is clarified, it's clarified that it's neutral on the issue of abortion. Um, and so you hear that a lot, um, even in articles and, you know, I did a couple interviews on Friday um, and they want to make it sound like we want to end abortion today um, if we could. And we do. There's no doubt about that. But the reality is I don't think we have um, the best that we can hope for right now is to get a constitutional convention because we need the two thirds. We've talked about that a lot in the House and Senate to be able to get the, the constitutional amendment language in there that Shelley Hughes has introduced. But all that does is clarify the neutrality of the document. And so then we'd have to go about the hard work of, of passing pro-life laws, which we've tried to do and we have done um, on Medicaid. Oh, yeah, and, sure. Um, and on parental, parental consent. Parental, and then, and then you've got the, yeah, yeah, parental notification. You've got the, the courts constantly throwing this stuff out and say, yeah, 12 year olds can get abortions without their parents knowing about it, you know, stuff like that. Well, I guess, you know, and it, it's amazing. I've had a few conversations <coughs> with people about um, the the extent to which you can get abortion in Alaska is really extreme. I mean, you can, there's no limitations whatsoever, including um, up to and after delivery, because there's not even a law that says that you can protect um, the unborn child after a failed or botched abortion. Um, and so if they're viable um, up to nine months, uh, you can still get an abortion. You can't in Alaska now because we don't have an abortionist that will provide that procedure. Do, but, we, have a, uh, do we have abortion providers in Alaska? 
Yes, we do. I mean, we well, have abortion providers up to, um, you know, it, it, it's it, it, the numbers are up, so hard to track down. Right. Isn't it up to them? They just have to decide for themselves when they when they feel it's appropriate. Like they yeah, can do and, an abortion all the way up to, you know, 39, 40 weeks. Yep. And the I, I see, um, you know, who knows how this is going to play out. But, you know, you have a lot of shifting going on of resources already talked about in the movement in the abortion industry of folks who can no longer legally perform abortions in states today because of the ruling. Others are kicking in in, in, in a couple of weeks that they're um, going to be transferring their vocations to other states so that um new york oh, their licenses so yeah so actually we could we could get a bunch of people coming up here saying alaska's got really loose abortion laws like california so let's start an abortion industry in alaska and people just fly up here after all we had things like alaska airlines saying they'll fly you wherever you need to go to get an abortion if you're an employee that type of thing and now dick's sporting goods as well they're going to give you four thousand dollars in um, to, to, so that you can go get your abortion. We're having companies actually, yeah, we could have an abortion industry here. There's no doubt that that is, I see on the horizon <clears throat> because of how extreme it's funny because I don't know if you saw the interview, um, or heard the interview with Les Guerra. Um, you know, they, uh, no, I didn't. He said very specifically in his, uh, in, in his piece, uh, the Dobbs decision that he would only elect pro-choice um, or, or appoint pro-choice justices to the Supreme Court. And I find that ironic because a lot of times, you know, they'll talk about this litmus test that you're either supposed to have or not supposed to have. And the reality you're not supposed is, to have prejudged it. I mean, and he's already said it flat out from the beginning that I only want those with a view on abortion my way. So, and, so we and, had, yeah. So we, we just had people uh, like Charlie uh, Christ of Florida, the democratic congressman say that the justices should be impeached because he believes they had lied to the court and that they had already prejudged their position on abortion and you know that they're not supposed to have prejudged that. And but Lasguerra has already said he will only appoint. I don't want to say pro-choice. I'm trying to train myself. It's no, pro-abortion. Right. Pro-abortion. Pro Amen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thank you for that correction. Um, and the um, you know the the reality is that is I think um, a reflection in in one way. What Lasguerra said is the way I would like our system to be in Alaska regarding judicial selection, because I think one of the main reasons why we want a convention as well is to change our judicial selection process. And um, as we've shown over the last year in in digging up material on the original constitutional convention, um, they had a, a, a stunning um, you know, uh, outside group come in to the original convention and say, um, we, they asked them, hey, what, what, is, what do you think about our, um, the section of our constitution we've set up to select judges? And this neutral outside source came in and said, we've never seen anything that gives so much power to the Bar Association in right. any other state. Right. And they ignored that report, the consultant's report, didn't even bring it to the convention floor for all to see. Vic Fisher, I'm, saw, I'm sure, saw it because it's in his book. Um, but so the reality is that that's, that's also what we need to do is to be able to change our judicial selection process so that 
the people have more power. It's not the governor that has more power. I mean, obviously the governor does because they'll, they'll make the selections and then they'd have to be approved by the legislature, same as the, the federal system. But what Les Garris said is, is I think in some ways, what we should shoot for is that the, 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 the judicial system should be a reflection of the governor, which is a reflection of the people. Right now, the people are very much removed from that process because of the Bar Association. And then well, we get these rulings that say there's abortion in the privacy clause, period, end of story. Yeah, well, of course, you know, if the, if the, if the judiciary is a reflection of the governor, and the governor is Les Guerra. Well, then we know it's a pro-abortion, you know, judiciary. That's that's how that's going to go. And for those who are listening who are from out of state, and we have a lot of listeners from out of state, Les Guerra is running for governor as a Democrat. He was a former uh, Democratic legislator, and he's been retired for a few years, but now he's the um, the top of the Democratic ticket for governor, and um, he is very much a pro-abortion Democrat, um, as, which is surprising because he, he comes from a, a a sort of a broken home in his life. And he, he was in foster care and, and there for the grace of God, you know, he could have been aborted and just because, Amen. you know, was it because he was an inconvenient child, apparently. One of the things that I want to emphasize uh, uh, was, is the humanity of the unborn. That's the part that gets lost in all these. Well, let's talk about that. Is that because yeah. I think, I think that's really, really key. Well, I mean, science is, uh, you know, Roe was based on outdated science and um, the, the best video that I've seen of that whole, um, and I, I'll have to send it to you so that you can post it and, and you as well, John, but uh, it's, it's this young uh, reporter that's going around to college campuses and she has an, uh, an ultrasound or a, of, uh, of a 1973 of a baby. And it looks like you can't even describe, have no idea what it is because it's so outdated and it's showing it to different people and they're saying, um, what is this? Uh, Loch Ness monster, I, you know, Bigfoot, uh, UFO. They have no idea because it's so grainy yeah. and difficult to see. Well, then they pull out an, a 4D ultrasound from 2021. Mm -hmm. And the people said, well, obviously that's the baby. And so they said, do you think that the science that they used in 1973 um, is different today than it was then? Well, obviously. And so should the decision be that was based on that outdated science, should it be updated as well? The legal precedent. And these are pro-choice people that are saying that's incredible. I mean, sure. you know, so that was part of the the you know, for, we've just seen so much advancements that it's almost that the left has um, said, we're just going to give that argument up and it's okay to kill your baby. It's a baby, you know? Yeah. They, um, yeah, they're pretty much all uh, uh, at this point admitting that it's a baby. They kind of, they can't deny it, but you are right. And that's where we have to really uh, talk to people about science. In other words, the more people know about science, the more they will come to realize that this isn't just a glob. It's what you point out. The baby has a heartbeat at what age, what age at four weeks? It has a heartbeat. Well, it's between like five six, and six weeks. Six is, weeks. But, yeah. And, and and when does it have brain waves? Oh, I, you know, I'm thinking it's. I want to say three. Is it? Yeah, the, it's three or it four might weeks. Be three, but they. I've heard that they have. You. It determines if it's left-handed or right-handed. 
um, at six weeks. It's six weeks, right? It's a that, that's the that's the message that we need to. I think always, regardless of the decision, yeah. Because we may not get the convention. We may always have. We may always be in New York, um, yeah. or California, or New Jersey, and that's just the battle that we're in. Um, but the discussion always should be centered on, um, you know, in a graceful way. What is it that um, this is growing inside of you? And the best, the best sign that I ever saw was in Juno. I don't know if they, I remember that, but it was a. Uh, you come down the escalator, and it, it was from the pro life center down there. It just said, if you're pregnant, it's a baby. Mm-hmm. Um, it's as simple yeah. as it gets. I mean, yeah. you know, if you're pregnant, it's a baby. And to think that you have to actually articulate that is strange. But now we live in a time where you can't even have a U.S. Supreme Court justice to find what a woman is. So, right. you know, it, it kind of yeah. top down. <laughs> but at the same time, we also want to continue the work of the pregnancy centers. And I, I was thinking about that over the weekend. I have several good friends, I mean, that, that run pregnancy centers in the state. And one of them, uh, I was just what they're doing in vandalizing and firebombing these pregnancy centers is akin to a mass unit in war being fired. I mean, there's cer- certain things that are, are games of war that you don't do. You don't fire, you don't fire on the mass unit or the medics. These All people right. are medics essentially because they're not forcing any of these women to come into their clinics. They're no. voluntarily coming into the clinics and saying, I'm struggling with this decision. Yeah. And um, so it's amazing to me that the, but violence begets violence and the act of abortion itself is violence. So it's not a surprise. It's really so interesting Jim, to hear you say that. Go ahead, John. Um, where do you think the church is here on this? Because, you know, I just, I just went and um, yesterday I looked up, I don't know, top 10 biggest churches in, in the U.S. I kind of knew what the list was, but I just looked it up just to make sure I knew I was looking it up correctly. And I went on all their Facebooks, not a single peep about any of this. Wow. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Like literally nothing. Top 10 biggest churches in the U.S. are silent on this. Yet last summer they were woke on a whole list of things on all over their Facebook. Every single one of them. What's going on here? It seems like we've we've entered into an age of um, a bunch of pansies running these churches. (laughs) I don't know if we've entered an age. I think, you know, from my perspective, we've been there for a while. Um, You know, it's been the I would say. One of the biggest challenges, my two biggest challenges uh, in running this ministry are um, uh, uh, Republicans that are afraid of our issues. They'll fill out our surveys and then they run away once they get elected because they don't ever want to talk about the issues. I mean, literally, I've had them turn their back on me in, in Juno in the hallway and go the other way because they're afraid. They don't want to talk about these issues. And then the churches are the second thing that have been one of the biggest frustrations. Not to say that we don't have multiple churches in the state that are very active and engaged, but the vast majority, I think, uh, 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 wrongfully considered a political issue. Um, and yet, like you said, they, they sort of cherry pick those uh, issues as it suits their needs in terms of, you know, uh, being woke on other things that are nearly not as nearly articulated in scripture as the, the sanctity of human life. Um, so it's just an ongoing battle that we have to continually have. And, you know, um, the, educating the church is as important as educating the um the general public, because there's a, there's a very strong 
still very strong um, misunderstanding of separation of church and state and um, and their ability to be able to even talk about these issues, which is nonsense because there's never been one church ever that's lost its 501c3 status uh, for saying anything. Um, and, you know, so that's a frustration. Um, so, Jim, uh, so Jim, Murkowski, Lisa Murkowski over the, uh, on Friday, she issued a statement and of course she's a Catholic and she is not apparently a half practicing Catholic, but she did issue a statement saying that she would pursue on her own and she has pursued on her own, putting this into federal law, abortion right into federal laws if the, if the Supreme Court went this way, which it has, which is basically the Supreme Court has said everybody that they're not, they haven't banned abortion. They have said, this has never been in the constitution. The founders, the writers of this constitution never talked about it or intended for it to apply to abortion. And so it's a state issue. And that's what the Constitution said. The things that are not covered by the Constitution are state issues. And so if we want to change it, we can go around changing the federal Constitution through another amendment if we'd like to do that. But the Supreme Court is correct in that this was always bad law. It was absolutely against uh, uh, any kind of interpretation of what the Constitution said and the people who wrote it. Um, but so Murkowski's got a uh, legislation that will put this into federal law. And so that is a very interesting thing. Now, Dan Sullivan, our other, our other um, senator, said that he supported the Supreme Court decision. Both of them are Catholics, both coming up with different decisions. And of course, Nancy Pelosi also um, coming up with her own statement in uh, absolute opposition to the Supreme Court statement. So you've got these leading Catholics like Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi, and uh, Lisa Murkowski, who are, uh, they're Catholics, and they are actually pro-abortion Catholics. It's pretty appalling. Yeah, it's it's been uh, something that we've had to address over the years. Um, and it started off a lot better with, um, or, or it started off that we could work very closely side by side with the Catholic Church on a, a number of issues, including the pro notification law in 2010. They were instrumental, mm-hmm. um, the Knights of Columbus and the Catholic Church in general. Um, but they've been uh, pulling away from our issues, particularly the life issue. Um, uh, and, you know, the the fact that a lot of people don't realize that the executive director of the Alaska Catholic Conference is the first cousin. Her name's Mary Gore. And she's best friends and first cousin of Lisa Murkowski. And Mm. she carries the water for Lisa Murkowski. I think that that needs to be um, shouted from the mountaintops Mm -hmm. because a lot of the Catholics that I've talked to over the years are uh, a light bulb almost literally shines above their head when I tell them that because they're like, you know what? It's amazing to me when I see these uh, Catholic uh, conferences across the country um, that are so active Anybody out there, I would challenge you to go to South Dakota, Kansas, uh, Louisiana. I can name 15 states uh, and then just type in the state and Catholic conference. And I guarantee you that'll be front and center will be the life issue. Guaranteed. Mm -hmm. But not here. Um, Type in Alaska Catholic conference. Mm -hmm. Silence. The only thing that the archbishop did was to um, uh, point people to the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops statement. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not saying that the archbishop is not pro-life. It's just that they are so 
um, puppeteered by the executive director of the Catholic Conference, who is carrying the water for Senator Mikowski. And so I think that that'll be a, a part of our strategy from now until um, November 3rd is just to hammer that message home as hard as possible so that the Catholics understand truly um, that despite the fact that Kelly Chewbacca is an evangelical, um, that she's going to better represent their values in, in Congress. Very, very interesting. Well, I know you have to go to the airport. And of course, this conversation could go on for another hour. Everybody, this has been Jim Minnery with the Alaska Family Council. And I'm Suzanne Downing with uh, Must Read Alaska and John Quick. Must Read Alaska talking about the Supreme Court ruling on Friday, which overturned Roe versus Wade. And we uh, have much to discuss, much more to discuss than this half hour has allowed us. But we are just thrilled that you were able to join us today to sort of talk through some of these side issues that are, are of interest. I saw there was a, a big protest on Saturday downtown, several hundred people, including our former mayor, Ethan Berkowitz, showed up at that protest. That was amusing. He's been hiding for a couple of years now, but he showed up in support of abortion. He was uh, walking alongside somebody who said uh, in their, they had a big sign over their head that with a coat hanger drawn on it and it said, fine, I'll do it myself. I thought, oh my gosh, these people have no, <laughs> oh. <laughs> they're just, they're, that, that whole image is so violent. Oh, we'll have you on again. Thank you. um, Would love to guys. Uh, You're your best friends, man. I I can't uh, thank you enough for we're very blessed to have must read and the watchman in the state of Alaska. I'm constantly asking, by the way, my colleagues across the country, are any of you as blessed as we are in Alaska? And I, (laughs) I haven't found I really haven't found nowhere near as thorough and exceptional of journalism that we have that represents truth and, and uh, um, you know, you guys just, you rock. Thank you, thank you so much. much. And, and everybody else out there have a great week. If you're a supporter of must read Alaska, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. It helps all everything that you send our way really helps us cover this operation, which is a, you know, we've got the podcast, we've got the newsletter, we've got the website, we've got all the, the gear that we have to have to keep these things secure from uh, the thousands and thousands of, of cyber attacks that we get a day on it, of people trying to take us down. They're not going to take us down, no but uh, we really appreciate you. And until uh, I think Wednesday, John, you're going to have the show on Wednesday, right? Yep. I have a show. Uh, what day is today? I have a show tomorrow oh, on Tuesday Wednesday and Thursday. Okay, well, you're in charge tomorrow. And until the, until next week, I am signing off from somewhere in Alaska. God bless Bye, everybody. Thank you again.